Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Peace Country Musical Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Harcourt. Uh, this week we have another amazing musician on the line, so you enjoy. Okay, we're here with Dave Milner. So, Dave, uh, you probably, uh, I don't know if you've actually heard this podcast before, or if you've taken the time to listen to a couple of uh uh, interviews but it's all about the peace country musicians that have grown up around the fairview heinz creek grimshaw area right and because of covid we're right. we, we can't get out as, to play as much so this kind of dives into the background of local musicians well cool well thanks for having me on here well i'm glad you could join us and you know what I, I feel bad i i haven't listened to one of your podcasts yet i'm, I'm pretty old now I'm not a techie, so I don't, I've never listened to a podcast, I'm embarrassed to say. I'll listen to them all, I promise. Well, why don't we start off, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, like where'd you grow up and all that good stuff? Well, as you know, I, I grew up in Fairview, I was born and raised there. Mm-hmm. And um, I couldn't have grown up, I don't believe musically, in a better period. Um, like I grew up in the 70s, there, and there was such great music on the radio, and in all genres of music, right? From country to blues to rock to whatever. Everything was kind of getting its feet and growing, right? Yeah. And um, I don't know. I grew up in a community there that was so musical. There were so many families. And I don't know if you're old enough to remember, but everybody had kitchen table parties back in the day. I remember as a kid, my, my parents did. Everybody's parents did. And there'd be uh, violins and banjos and accordions and all kinds of music going on eh? around the old kitchen table, everybody drinking and smoking cigarettes in the house. You know that one. <laughs> At that time, I got introduced to, my mom would take me to hear um, local bands because my dad worked uh, far away and he wasn't home very often, right? But my dad played music and I uh, started pumping around on his guitar when he wasn't around and she'd take me down um, to the guest house and that's where the pizza haven is now oh, yeah. and by by the hand when i was like 11 years old and this is when i was first saw murray bettinson or bernie zenzelmeyer playing right they'd be playing in there it's, it was set up like a lounge like a dining lounge mm-hmm. and uh they'd know that i came to look at a chord and then i'd run home two blocks <laughs> and try and put my fingers on there right <laughs> where murray bettinson had his right yeah but I got derailed because Bernie Zinzelmeyer, and I like telling this because I didn't know Bernie Zinzelmeyer tuned his guitar to an open E. And it wasn't a standard 440 tuning, right? Oh, really? So I'd go home and put my fingers where Bernie was showing me, and that sounded like crap. <laughs> I didn't, it wasn't until years later I figured that out, right? So yeah, I quit going to watch Bernie. Let's put it that way. <laughs> that was it for Bernie. Yeah, so I... I enjoyed growing up there and I had an opportunity to play with pretty much everybody that was in Fairview at the time. Like I, I played with uh, the first band I was in was Vi Gorham, Vince's mom. Yeah. And I played in that band with Vince for so many years. And that was my first opportunity. My dad uh, stuck me on stage with Vi at uh, Dragon Inn, Jimmy Durr's Dragon Inn, right by the old mirror dragon there. There used to be stage. Corner, right and how old were you then 12 12 holy yeah vince was 10 
from there, I played uh, with the Sater family. That's where I first started playing with Dwayne Steele yeah. and uh, or Beerkund. And I met all those guys, and I formed a friendship with all everybody. And I played with uh, uh, the other Beerkund family, like Wanda, Roy, and Daryl from Eureka River. Oh, yeah. And then uh, I got introduced to uh, Bob and Wayne Irvin and Brent Irvin and Heather. And it was their second go-around with a band called the Sundowners. It wasn't the original lineup, but it was three-quarters of a day. John Kirschbaumer was the original drummer, but he got busy. So Elaine went on drums, and they asked me if I'd like to play. And I learned so much from that group of people because they they had family harmonies, right? And I'd never been experienced to that. And in a sense, they, they taught me how to sing harmony and stuff and, and got me moving on to newer music too, right? Yeah, that was a great experience, and I played with them until I left Fairview in 1981, I believe, uh, to go play on the road. So there was quite a bit of music around you when you were growing up. Then there was so so many bands. There was probably ten bands just from Fairview. You know, you had you had to think like back in those days, there was no internet, no video machines, no nothing, no entertainment. You had to make your own fun. So there was all these community halls that were very close to Fairview. I bet you there's probably 15 halls in the area, right? All the way from Eureka River to Golden Meadow, right? And there was dance every weekend at every one of these, it seemed, right? There was a shortage of bands. Like, I never got to see a lot of other bands play because I was playing every weekend. So you mentioned that your dad played guitar or or he had a guitar at home. No, yeah, my dad played guitar. Yeah. Are you? Are you and him the only musical ones in your family? Uh, pretty much. <laughs> I think a couple of my other brothers twink around on stuff. So yeah. a little bit. Well, none of them got too serious, I don't. So was the guitar your only instrument or your first instrument? It was my first instrument, but um, pretty much at the same time, I started playing bass guitar. And that, yeah. that really helped me launch my guitar playing too, because I had a better understanding of how the neck was, right? Yeah. So it was, yeah, I learned both instruments. So who, who was your inspiration? Who, who inspired you the most? Well, I would have to say, um, and I, I said it already, was uh, Murray Battenson. You know, he, uh, he was my first guitar hero, I'll say. And um, there was another guy moved into the area. He was actually a school teacher in Hines Creek. And I bet yet a lot of people haven't talked about this guy was uh, Mike Vira. Oh, I was, I was going to say. Yeah, probably he, Mike. he was playing with a band with Terry Cameron from town there. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. and Mike was from the United States. And Mike played Southern Rock. And I met him through Dwayne. Dwayne was going to school in Hines Creek. He says, you got to meet this guy, this new teacher. He's pretty cool. So we went and heard him play one day after school in the Hines Creek gym. Yeah. And um, I burned in my brain for a long time. Like he was, we, I hadn't heard of these bands yet. Like I was 13, 14 years old. I didn't know who the Allman Brothers were, or Leonard Skinner, or any of this stuff. And he was playing it all. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so he kind of brought up the, uh, the influence of something wrong. Yeah. Nice. That put a whole new kick into what I was doing. And, and he took the time out of his life to actually show us, you know. Yeah. He was a really nice man. And uh, we bumped into him years later um down in vancouver island 
just lived north in Nanaimo. And he had us over to his house and we jammed and it was great. Great guy. But Murray Buttonson, you know what? I have to say this. I was listening to these records at my mom's place and it was like Buck Owens and the Buckaroos, eh? Yeah. Well, that was Fairview's version of Buck Owens and the Buckaroos was the Buttonsons. They had great harmonies. They had they played great. They had fiddle, they had lead guitar, they had everybody sang. It was incredible. I still remember that to this day. Never will forget it. Vi was an incredible singer too. Vi Gorm was a powerful singer. Yeah, she's still singing to this day, from what I understand. So talking about all these other bands and these new uh, new bands that Vi was teaching you guys the yeah. Like, what's your favorite genre? You get a favorite artist or favorite group? I, you know what? I, it's so hard for me because I'm influenced by so many different genres. I love, I love classic country. I like '90s country. I love blues. I love classic rock. That's about all I need, right? <laughs> what, so, what, what about new country? I'm not a big fan <laughs> because you know what? Realistically, there's nothing. Uh, like guitar wise going on it's just a bunch there's a bunch of um rock clicks i've heard like 20 30 years ago already oh yeah sort of thing like there's no i don't know and it seems to be i'm not i'm not putting new country down or anything it's just not my jam right it's um um like cookie cutter thing i a lot of songs i hear the same words like um beer and truck and you know yeah and there's not a lot of innovation in new country like i've in the 90s and stuff, I was listening to bands like uh, the Desert Rose Band. We're, we're picking guys, right? And um, Ricky Skaggs Band. You know, stuff like that. And Eagles. And so it's, it's hard for me to listen to. Like, there's some great new writers out and stuff, like the Eric Churches of the world. Yeah. You know, and I, I get it. But it's just the, the majority of it, it seems like it, it rotates so fast. Like, um, there's a new artist every day it seems like i can't keep up you know that's that's the crime of it all you know in the day when i was growing up like i was explaining like there was places for me to play there was places for me to gather experience and exposure mm-hmm. now there's nothing like when i quit the road i'll tell you this there was 19 places in the city of edmonton for me to play yeah okay 19 venues that i could play at that played country now there's i think one I think that's still the Cook County Saloon, isn't it? You bet. Yeah. That's the best place to be. Well, yeah, that's we we're pretty much an institution there. We played there a lot. Yeah. So talking about all these new songwriters and everything. Sure. And uh thinking back to old songwriters and everything, what what in your opinion is the best song ever written slash recorded? Say, you know what? I was such a huge Eagles fan. I would have to say Hotel California. You know, there's a lot of people that will agree with you. That's one of the songs I would pick. Well, for that genre, I guess. I think for like older country, I would pick like um, George Jones, like he stopped loving her today kind of thing. Oh, yeah. I don't know. They were, uh, at the time, they were big, big, giant hits. Like there's always a hit. There's always a number one hit. But these ones, these ones stuck out. And they hung on to the number one spot for a lot, a lot of years, right? Well, and they're still timeless. A lot, of, a lot of months, right? They're timeless songs. Exactly. They a lot of people don't realize. I think the Eagles have only made eight albums. Just trying to think of who the heck else. Um, 
locally there. I don't want to forget anybody locally that influenced me, right? Yeah. It was funny. I was walking every day. I'd walk up to Gorham's place with my guitar, my electric guitar in my hand, yeah. and uh, go to practice with Vince after school, just do some jamming, right? Yeah. And this old guy cut his lawn. His name was Alakadema. And I don't know if anybody would remember his name or not, but he was cutting his lawn. He says, hey, you, come over here. And this guy, <laughs> is an old Ukrainian guy, and I'm like, come in my house. And I'm like, oh, stranger danger. You know, I don't know if I should come in your house, mister. Oh, come in here. I got something to show you. So anyways, I went in his home, and he gave me some pictures of my dad playing music at a dance. And he oh, gave wow. me a poster of my dad playing at in this band, right? Mm -hmm. From the 50s, early 60s, right? And I, I was blown away because I didn't know my dad did that, right? And wow. it turns out this Alicadema was an accordion player with my dad. And my dad played uh, fiddle and guitar and banjo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I didn't know any of this until this old guy <laughs> pulled me aside, right? Hey, come here. <laughs> yeah, stranger danger. <laughs> when I first went on the road, I uh, was playing at a place in Edmonton at Kingsway called the Rodeo Club. And at the time, uh, Danny Hooper uh, had a club called the Stockyard in Edmonton. And he had a great band. He had great players, right? They were old seasoned vets. And they came down and heard us yeah. one night. And uh, I remember I had a new, a new Fender Telecaster and a new Fender amp. But they were that, I don't know, I'll say early 80s. And wasn't very good in a transistor amplifier rather than a tube one, and the guitar was crappy. And the guitar player said, "Bring that stuff over to me when you're done playing tonight, because <laughs> I'm going to take that back to the store." And I went, "Oh," he says, "Yeah, that's crappy. I'll get you something good." I didn't even know this man, but yeah. this is how gullible I was, right? Okay, Mister. <laughs> so I I give him my stuff, and he's phoning me the next morning at ten o'clock. He says, "Come down to the coffee shop." So stumbled on down there he says i got your money back well that's great now what am i going to play tonight oh don't worry about that i'll i'll hook you up some he uh we went over to his place he showed me all his stuff and he uh he gave me a 1952 fender telecaster and a real old fender twin and uh he said here use this for a while till we figure it out and you know what i think i had that stuff for like three years and I kept phoning him and saying, hey, geez, I'm, I'm back in Edmonton. I want to give the stuff. Back. Oh, no, no. Just hang on to her. Keep playing. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and uh, his name was Red Folkart. And uh, he took me under his wing and, and ended up showing me, like filling in all the blanks and uh, showing me how to play a lot of stuff. Yeah. And I, I'm indebted to him forever. Like, um, he turned out to be a great friend and, uh, and my biggest influence or mentor, right? And um, we stayed in touch. Like he ended up moving to the States and he went to Los Angeles and he ended up playing there for quite a while. And then uh, he moved to uh, Nashville and he was playing for a gentleman by the name of Clinton Gregory. And uh, he was getting lots of sessions and doing Opry work. And then um, he got a call one day from Merle Haggard to come and play. So, he went and played for Merle Haggard, and I think he stayed with him for nine years. And then he left Merle's band to be to go to Austin, Texas, to play Texas Swing and Blues. And now he just uh, he's just retired, semi-retired, and he's living uh, 
in Mayberry. <laughs> Mayberry. And the Griffith show. Yeah. It's a it's a little town there. And um, he's loving it. Loving it. Wants me to come visit him. And I just, I haven't had the time. But I will one day. One day when you're retired. <laughs> I ain't done playing. I ain't retired. <laughs> no. Um, hey, yeah, you said that you were 12 years old in your first band. Your first gig was at uh, Jimmy Durr's place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how many other bands have you been in? Oh man, I I can't I can't even begin to tell you because you know I, after Rock and Horse I pretty much became a hired gun, go at, at a moment's notice and play for people, right? Well, speaking of Rock and Horse, let, sure. Let, let's talk about how you guys got that one started. How uh, well, we you and Vince met, together, right? Yeah, we all grew up together and. Uh, I actually, uh, I was on the road with that first band that I went out with. It was called Pittsburgh. It was a bunch of guys from Ontario at the time that were, they were all in like 35 years old. And I was, here I am, 18 years old, right? Playing in the bars, chasing my dream, right? And um, the lead singer ends up leaving the band. And I said, oh, now who are we going to get? I said, well, as a matter of fact, I got this buddy of mine from home. So Dwayne came out all excited. And the unthinkable. Like these guys, I think they drank too much or whatever the case. Like three <laughs> weeks into this, they let Dwayne go. Oh, really? So the problem because this snot-nosed kid was better singer than the rest of them. And as soon as they did that, I said, "Hold the door, I'm coming, Dwayne." So I left. I went home too, and uh, wasn't that much longer. And Dwayne come woke me up one morning at my parents' place, and he says, "Get up, let's get a band together." Yeah, okay. <laughs> and so me and him and Vince, we were a trio for a long time. Yeah. We did that. And it was, that was a lot of fun. And we decided, uh, Dwayne was always, well, let's, let's make a record. Let's do this. Let's travel. Let's this. And yeah, I'm all over, you know, let's go. So we did it. We did it locally first like around the peace country. And then, uh, guys like Kelly Sutherland, they put a word in for us, like in ranchman's in Calgary and, uh, and uh, we got in at Cook County, and the rest is history. We played all over. Yeah, you guys played uh, in the Grand here quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Well, this is home, right? We'd come home every Christmas and play here, and we'd come home in the summer uh, during the street dance, like Waterhole Rodeo or whatever the case. And, yeah. You know, we'd get home three, four times a year. We played, we took uh, four weeks off. We'd play three months and take a week off. So um, when you guys came back to Fairview to play at the Grand, what, yeah. uh, did you have like any guest stars come up on stage? My God, we had the King come up on stage nightly. And that would have been John Corstein. Oh, yes. Johnny, you know what? You can set your clock by him. We'd start playing and he'd come in the front door. We'd start hustling for the stage and we'd just stop whatever song we we're in the middle of and we'd kick off. Uh, the old Johnny Cash tune, hear the train of coming, and Folsom Prison Blues. And uh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the stage, Mr. John Corsine. Yeah. And you know, you know, it made me feel very good every night doing that. Yeah. You know, we just, I just played here a couple of years ago with Dwayne as a pickup thing in Grimshaw. And his sister, John's sister brought him out to see us. And uh, I got all teary and stuff with John, like, uh, I hadn't seen him for a great many years and didn't know what happened to him, but he's living in Grimshaw at, at a home there, right? And she got him all dressed up and brought him out. And 
and he loved seeing us and he grabbed my hand and he was holding that so tight, right? And uh, great guy. You know, he was probably our biggest fan. You know, he is for so many other bands, right? Uh, he loved music so much. Remember that? We were actually playing the same gig as you guys too, that uh, that pond hockey yeah. thing, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was good to see a lot of players again that I hadn't seen for a long time and and visit and play. I like that networking. I love the reminiscing, getting getting together and telling a bunch of stories, right? You know, and I'd like to do a round table of a bunch of different musicians that uh, everybody oh. played with and have like stories coming out of the freaking wazoo, man. Well, deal me in. I got stories. Nice. I want to hear them. Okay, so, well, that brings me to the next question now. Sure. What was your favorite venue? And, well, and do you still play there? Still too. It was, you know what? It was toss up between, we really loved playing, well, I did anyways. I loved playing at Kelly Sutherland's in Claremont. Yeah. And I liked playing at Cook County Saloon. Those are our two favorite clubs. And um, the best moment I had at Cook County, I think, was. Well, it might have been one of the best times ever for me. We had been in Ontario playing for, I don't know, three months kind of thing, right? We'd just been on a tour. And none of us had gotten home and I hadn't been able to get home. Even on my week off, we spent it traveling, coming back to Alberta, right? Yeah. And then we had to play at Cook County, so uh, whatever. Bummed out we didn't get to get home, right? So on, on the Friday night, we go into Cook County. We always came in the back door. And we just go to the green room and sit there, right? So, yeah. and when you went up on the stage, you can't see nothing. Now, they got a big screen hanging down, as you remember in the old days, and they'd play like bull riding videos or whatever, right? So, the DJ comes up, and his name was Spanky, and he, he says, You guys ready after the song? Yeah, we're ready to go. So, and he brings us on. He goes, Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the stage, rocking horse. And that place blew up. It was <laughs> like every every seat was full of somebody from Fairview. Like oh, really? our hometown came to see us and it was incredible. Like I was moved. Like we were just stunned. It was just like, you know, it's like the, like a Beatles concert, what it would be like that pandemonium shit. Yeah. It was like, didn't know what to do. Just like, <laughs> just stunned. You look out in the crowd and there's, it a... was, it was crazy. It was, you know, we had just, we had just brought out our, our CD and, uh, the the town supported us so much yeah like we had such a great following from from the peace country and especially from home at fairview and uh, everybody came and i don't think there was an edmontonian in the building <laughs> uh, nice. i don't think they could get in and the the joke was i hope the last person that left fairview shut the lights out <laughs> yeah, you know? no doubt. yeah i'll never forget that that was great is, yeah. is there a, a the worst place you ever played you know, there's not. I don't like. You know, there's there's some that stuck out that were really old and decrepit, and um, you know, <laughs> I'll never forget this time uh, when we did play in Ontario. Dwayne really wanted to play at this place. It was called the Maple Leaf, and it was in Timmins, Ontario. And I said, "Why do we want to go there again? Tell me." <laughs> he said, "Well, that's where Stomp and Tom Connor lives, upstairs." Okay, let's go play Stomp and Tom's gig. So we went there, and it was set up so different if you can imagine the stage is there and then it's really narrow like it's elongated building and there's three tables like in front of the stage right 
on the stage. Like if I had a beer, I could set it on somebody's table while I'm playing. Oh, geez. The dance floor wasn't nowhere near the stage. And it was way over to the left in the corner. Yeah. And it was just a bunch of really old barfly type people. And they didn't care about music. They didn't want that. Turn that down. Turn that down. <laughs> yeah, people, they got an ashtray right in front of me, right? Smoking. I said, oh, well, can't beat them, join them. Yeah, it was, it was just really weird. And uh, lots of cockroaches down there. Oh, gross. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was great. So uh, that's about it for worst. You know what? I. Okay. So after that, like... Um... We know what your favorite vendor is now. What's the biggest crowd you ever played for, Dave? Oh man, I played a few. I would I would guess it would be a festival like um, I played at Craven, Saskatchewan, Big Valley Jamboree. Oh yeah. And there was I don't know probably twenty twenty five thousand people. That's a there. lot. Yeah, we went on just uh, same same night as Alabama. It was good. Oh sweet. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, so everybody came to see Alabama, but they had to watch us first. <laughs> so you, you guys were the opening act then? I guess so. <laughs> nice. What year was that? You know what? That would have been probably 91. Because like, we left the Calgary Stampede. We were playing there for 10 days. We had to hurry like hell. Like We didn't have any sleep, really. And uh, got there and slept for an hour kind of deal. And then we had to be out there and be on stage, right? It sounded great. Name dropping. What do you need to know? I'm encouraging you. Come on. Tell us some of the big names that you've played for well, or opened for. I, um, You know what? I was pretty much out of the music business like six, seven years ago. And I got a call from my young guy in Lethbridge that's doing fairly well right now. His name was Trevor Panzak. And it was, I'll say, a week or ten days before the Calgary Stampede. Mm-hmm. And they needed me to come play or else they were going to have to cancel. And I said, look, I haven't played at that level for quite some time. I don't even got a callus left, right? I said, well, if you don't come, then we can't play. i got to cancel. And they kind of got guilted into it. But you know what? I, I'm i so happy I, I took the plunge and did it and um, played 10 days at Stampede again. But it turned into something really good. Like we ended up from from playing there, we got to go – and play at Rexall Place, open up for Tim McGraw. Oh, nice. And, the, and then the promoter sent us to, uh, he flew us out to Winnipeg to Bomber Stadium to do a show with Zach Brown. So we did that, and that, that was on my bucket list to play a call, or, uh, an outdoor football field, right? Yeah. So I got to do that, nice. and then and he flew us to Lethbridge, and we played for Lady Annabelle, and we opened for them. And then I got to go home, back oh. to my home life going, geez, that was a good little stint. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, and he was such a nice guy. Like Trevor's uh, a great singer, great entertainer. And uh, he played last year at the Teepee Creek Stampede. And I, uh, he phoned me up. He says, where are you? And I said, I'm just going through Grand Prairie on my way home. He says, well, stop. I'm in Grand Prairie. I'm at <laughs> Teepee Creek. Come on out. So he got me some VIP passes, and I hung out with him for two days. And did a little jamming, I've got to tell you. Just to reminisce. And uh, great guy. And uh, he's nominated this year in Alberta for, I think he's got three nominations. For Alberta stuff, but he's been nominated in the CCMA Awards, too. 
He's doing good. I encourage anybody go have a look at him on YouTube. You might even see me. Ooh. Hey, what's his name again? Trevor what? Panzak. Panzak. P- yeah. P A N C Z A K. So and so did you get to meet any of those guys? Too? Oh yeah, absolutely. Nice people. Very, very nice. I got to talk to Tim McGraw, I think, three, four times in that day. And uh, I just bought my kids some acoustic guitars. And I had them with us on the tour bus kind of thing in Edmonton. And it's Tim signed these for my kids. Absolutely. What's their names? Blah, 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 blah. He's a really nice guy. Right? Nice. And uh, they say, Dave, what are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. He's just bored, hanging out all day, right? Yeah. The song check is done. You know? Chatty fella. Nice guy. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, the people from Lady Annabellum were very nice. Like they got off their tour bus and they came right over to us and introduced themselves. Oh, nice. Yeah, no kidding. Very nice. I think every celebrity I've ever met has been a very pleasant, nice experience. You, you said playing uh, that little tour was kind of like your your bucket list. Is there anything else on your bucket list that you want to do? Well, you know what? I've pretty much played everywhere I want to play. Um, I'd I'd like to go and check out the music scene in Austin, Texas. Oh, yeah. That's what I'd like to do because it's the live music capital of the world and there's so many different genres of music going on there. And I've, I'd like to take a little kick at playing some Texas Swing or Texas Blues. Well, yeah. You've been to Nashville too, haven't you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I played there. Right. Is that where you good. guys recorded the uh, the album? No, no, we recorded our album in Edmonton with uh, Louis Stebmack. He was producing Ian Tyson at the time. He was a younger guy, and he uh, he played classic rock and blues and stuff really, really, really well. And we needed, we knew we needed somebody with a reputable name that had won awards in Canada. Somebody that would, uh, when you sent a record at the time, you were you could send independent records to uh, radio stations, right? And yeah. if how it typically went is that the program director would look and see who produced the album. And if they recognized the name, then they'd add it. But if they didn't recognize who it was or what, they wouldn't even listen to it. Really? That's, oh well, yeah, we've been told this several times. So we had to get somebody with a name. And, and I'm so grateful that was Lewis because he is a visionary and he, you know, he had to tone us down a lot. <laughs> and we, we argued quite a bit too because. We, we had such this southern rock edge, right? And yeah. He refined us. He took that away. He says, guys, they will never play that on commercial country radio. And so kind of got a brainiac idea. You know, we got to get our foot in the door with like a country song, you know, and then we can start slinging our other stuff, right? So we did a song. We released it on 45, and it was called Every Single Night, I think. That Dwayne had written, and it was uh, a country shuffle, you know, with like steel guitar and fiddle in it. For Christ's sake, we didn't even have one of them guys in our band. So, but we did it kind of deal to get our foot in the door, right? Yeah. And once they recognize our name, then it would just add the second one, regardless of what it was, right? So you're saying you guys were too edgy for Canadian country music radio well, at the time? I believe we were. Wow. Yeah, we were uh, too much distortion pedal thing going on. You're like the most country guitar player I've ever played with. <laughs> well, I know how to do both. <laughs> yeah, we kind of baited him up with that song. 
I'll have to play it for you. But you got to remember, like in the late 80s, there was none of this. Uh, There's no edgy country out yet, pretty much. You know, bands like Restless Heart were just coming out. Country bands were typically like Alabama. If you're going to play in Texas, got to have a fiddle in the band or mountain music. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so the the edgier stuff was just coming online, like the crossover country, right? And uh, it was years later, you know, I was still getting a royalty check. And and I knew Phil Coulson. He used to be, I met him, he used to be a DJ in Grand Prairie at CJXX. And he ended up being a program director in Calgary at CFAC. And I phoned him one day. I've been off the road for 10 years and I'm still getting a check and going, what is this? Why, why are you still playing music, Phil? And he goes, Dave, you know what? We actually talked about that last month sitting around the dinner table in the, the lunch table in the coffee room. The, the nearest we can figure out, it took the industry this long to catch up to you. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, well, how about that? That's crazy, eh? I don't care what it is. Just keep sending my check. <laughs> yeah. I, I believe we had quite a unique sound. Like, in it, and it was from our influences, you know, growing up. And I think it was all that Southern rock influence that we got kind of from Mike Vira thing, right? We listened to a lot of crazy good stuff. So if you could play with any artist or group, dead or alive, who, right? who would it be? Holy you know what? And uh, I'm going to take kind of the rock side of this. I think it would be, I would like to play with Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top. Oh, yeah. Or with Leonard Skinner. Because you know what? We're getting back to that. And, and you're right. Like, I'm, I'm a country player, but I cut my teeth on that stuff too, right? And uh, I remember, like, and I don't know if a lot of listeners list or would remember whatever, but ZZ Top before that Eliminator album came out with Sharp Dressed Man and whatever. They're essentially Texas Roadhouse blues band, right? Yeah. They did a lot of blues and a lot of, he was such an eccentric guitar player and nothing real flashy, but he could get more out of three notes than anybody else I knew. But back in the day, they were uh, amazing for three people, you know, and uh, I drew inspiration from that. So I learned every ZZ Top song there was back then. So I'd have to say him. And you know what? uncanny because his, his birthday is the same day as mine <laughs> yeah there's no bias there so do you have any new projects in the works well actually i do i'm i'm actually working on a band right now in grand prairie oh in gp I've put, I've put together a classic country band and we're just we delved into that genre from 1965 to 1975 country classics yeah and I've actually pulled together an eight-piece band to do the show. Holy shit, eight-piece band. Yeah, I've got twin fiddles, steel guitar, female vocalist, male vocalist, bass player, drummer, and myself. Can you name names? You sure I can if you want me to. Yeah, sure, go ahead. Heck not. I have Mac Rose. He's uh, from the Maritimes. He plays steel guitar and lead guitar. Yeah. I have Matt O'Connor. He's also from the Maritimes. He's, these people have all moved out west here for work and stuff, right? Yeah. But Matt, Matt's a great fiddle player, and he plays banjo, plays mandolin and acoustic guitar. I've got Will Braun. He's from La Crete, Alberta. He's an amazing vocalist. He plays uh, rhythm guitar. Christina Rogers from Grand Prairie. 
another amazing vocalist and uh, she also plays guitar from time to time when I can make her. <laughs> uh, Brad Scott is from Ontario. He is uh, recently just moved here, but uh, he is a session guy from Ottawa, and uh, he plays fiddle, steel guitar, banjo, mandolin, lead guitar, and he sings like a bird also. Nice. I have Dave Ustra. Do you know him, drummer mm. from Zamper? No, I, I don't think I know him. Yeah, he's, just, he's a school drummer. He's a very, very good player, young guy. And then I've got another guy from the Maritimes. His name's Nick Walsh. And uh, he used to be a rock bass player uh, back in the late 80s, 90s when I was on the road. But he was playing with a band called the Privateers from Newfoundland that were getting a little bit of fame out there hmm. doing the MTV thing. So so, so you yeah. guys are putting together a big show? and uh, Yeah, we're just going to do a show, right? Not not playing for dances or anything, just to, uh, I don't know, just a tribute to uh, 60s, 70s, right? Probably do a handful of shows a year, right, in different communities, right? Yeah. But it's going to be like a high-level show, a big production, big writing, right? One other thing I'm working on, too, is I'm, I'm putting on a guitar camp in Grand Prairie, Alberta this summer, from July 17th to the 22nd. 17th to the 22nd of July. Out at the Five Mile Hall. And there's lots of room. There's going to be lots of camping, and it's going to be a great time. I've got 16 road players, yeah, major guitar players, that are going to come and help me along. Nice venue. It's a nice big place, and it's uh, very comfortable. And it's only like three minutes out of town. So Okay. Well, this episode is going to air next week, so hopefully people... If you're listening, Guitar Camp, July, what was it? 17th to the 22nd? 17th to 22nd. We'll have our website up in a couple of weeks. Yeah, come on out. We're going to have fun. Yeah, and uh, if, if you have a link, you can text it to me. I can share it on my Facebook page. Absolutely. I will send you a poster, amigo. Oh, nice. Well, I'm, I'm going to ask you one more question, Dave. Sure. Tell us something about you that nobody knows. If you can share it. Well, I can, but it's it's not musical. But I'll tell you what. Sure, go ahead. I recently turned into a grandfather. Oh, well, congratulations. I got a grandbaby. Uh, grandson or granddaughter? I have a granddaughter. Oh, nice. Charlotte. Yeah, she's beautiful. You bet you like all babies. Perfect. You know what? I had a lot of fun doing this with you. And hopefully uh, you invite me to your round table. Oh, damn right, man. Well, we'll do that face-to-face. Right on, man. I appreciate the time that you've spent with me this evening, Dave. Absolutely. All right, buddy. Take care. Hopefully, we'll get to jam and play together again this this coming summer. Absolutely. All right, bye. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That's it for another episode of Peace Country Musical Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Harcourt, and join me next time when we interview another amazing musician from the Peace Country. Thank you, and bye for now.